What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank account. I'm Dan Mason, Life Reinvention Coach, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. 2021 is coming to a close, and how do you feel about your progress this year? Were you taking grounded, meaningful action toward meaningful pursuits that light you up, make you feel alive, and represent your best contribution to the world? Or was another year of the pandemic another year of just getting by, sticking your head in the sand, delaying on your goals, and thinking there was going to be a magic date in the future when somehow all of this is going to be easier? Maybe you're like I was before my Amplified Life journey back in 2015. You climbed another ladder of success And it looks like you crushed it, but you also know as you sit at the top of the ladder that this is something else that you didn't really want. You're not fulfilled by the success. Whichever one of those archetypes might resonate for you, chances are you are not moving from your purpose. And what I've done during the time away is create my first ever digital course where I take you through the same process that I do with my one-on-one clients and in all of my group coaching programs to help you identify your life's purpose and create a plan to thrive in it. So the Move From Your Purpose Masterclass that I often teach is now an online self-paced digital course that you can do from the comfort of your own home. And recently in meditation, it came up for me that I needed to give you a sample of what's in store in this course. So this week's podcast is actually module number one of the course in its entirety. And this is such a powerful time for you to access this information. Before you can really create a meaningful path forward in 2022, you need to identify what are the patterns that are keeping you stuck. And module number one is all about identifying your survival programming. Because whether you're a person who feels like you're aimlessly wandering, but you don't know what you're moving towards, or whether you're a person who keeps running on the corporate hamster wheel, but still you don't feel fulfilled by the success, there's legitimate subconscious programming created in childhood that's keeping you in the rat race and keeping you running the same patterns of behavior. So by the end of this podcast, you're going to start to get really clear on not just what misguided life path you might be on, that you might have fallen into, but you're also going to start to understand why. This is so important. It begins to create a sense of self-compassion. And what you realize is, is that you're not broken, you're not unmotivated, you're not lazy, but you are repeating some very familiar patterns from childhood. So, A gift from my heart to yours. This is module number one of the Move From Your Purpose digital course. If you love what you hear, go to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net, and you can buy the course in its entirety. But for right now, here is module one. Welcome to module number one of the Move From Your Purpose masterclass. Mark Twain has the definitive quote on purpose. He says, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. And when you think about it, we invest a lot of time and energy into celebrating our birthdays. Some of you still might be doing that thing in your life where you celebrate your birthday month. You know, you ever had the friend who's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't get together. I can't do that thing with you this weekend. It's my birthday month which is great. You should always be celebrating you and celebrating life. But why don't we put that same intensity and excitement behind finding out why we were born? And the answer really lies in our childhood conditioning. After working with clients across 18 countries and putting in well over 10,000 client hours, the thing that I can tell you is that most human beings were raised to value survival, and validation over their purpose. 
So I know that you signed up for this course thinking that we were going to dive right in and, and help you figure out what it is you want to do with your life. But in my coaching programs, we're going to handle this a little bit differently. Before we can look at where you want to go, we have to get a better understanding of the subconscious coding and programming that's getting in the way for you in the first place. And this is the part of the work where many people become resistant. You know, they're like, Dan, I don't want to go back to the past and talk about mom and dad again. But if you don't really examine the way your belief systems and your model of reality was influenced by your childhood environment, it's almost impossible for you to ever create sustainable progress. And this is the bridge here, right? That you didn't sign up for a therapy program. And a lot of people are like, Dan, I've done therapy. I've talked about mom and dad. I don't want to go back and revisit it. But what we're going to do in this module is just go back long enough to get a deeper understanding of why you're operating the way you are for better and sometimes for worse to compassionately look at that. And then starting in module two, we're going to build your bridge forward into the future. So the question that we're examining here in this module is how were you programmed to live? And I want to talk about three pathways of childhood conditioning that show up all the time with my clients. And look at this, keep an open mind and start to understand which of these models resonate for you. Where are these patterns showing up in your life? Because the first model that we're going to look at is what I like to call the survival path. And people who are walking the survival path are what I like to call the aimless. Now, these are the people that don't really have a vision for their future. And the problem is, is when you don't have a clear idea of where you want to go, you're always going to end up someplace that you don't want to be. People who are aimless speak in vague terms a lot. You know, they, they operate in generalities. They say, hey, I want to get paid to do work I love, but they don't really know what work they love looks like or feels like. So they're always guessing. They drift from job to job. You know, it's sort of like the person who's trying to wander in the forest, but has no compass. You know, they're just sort of wandering in circles and hoping eventually they find a way out, which is a really inefficient way to live. And what you'll find is that you feel like you're wasting time. People who are aimless tend to fall into jobs and careers that pay the bills, but they don't feed the soul. This is a phrase that comes up a lot in my coaching applications. People are like, Dan, I, I just fell into this job. And when you haven't really taken the time to reflect and, and, and gain a better understanding of yourself, of your desires, your gifts, your skills, your purpose, what will happen is you'll A, follow a path that worked for someone else in your life. So you'll end up replicating somebody else's success rather than create it on your terms. Or you'll follow a path that somebody else chose for you. You'll listen to the high school guidance counselors or your family members who tell you what a safe and secure job will be, and you'll just go do that. You tend to live life by committee. You're living more for the good opinions of other people than you are honoring yourself. And that is a one-way ticket to eventually uh, end up in an uh, uh, emotional collapse, to end up with a lot of resentment and a lot of regret. And unfortunately for the people who are aimless, a lot of times they feel powerless to create change. They're always hoping that someone or something outside of themselves is going to give them the answer. Now, the unfortunate part about this course, well, I think it's the fortunate part, but maybe you might feel like it's an un uh, unfortunate. I'm not going to tell you during our time together coaching what your career path or what your purpose should be. If I did that, I'm just another a-hole in your life who is telling you what you should do. These modules are about giving you the tools and the framework to come to that understanding for yourself so that you're living in alignment and following a path that is true to you. You know, people who are aimless, one of the things that gets in the way 
And if you relate at all to being an aimless person, you might recognize you are great at supporting all your friends and family members to go chase their dreams, but you're not so great at giving that to yourself. And after a while of living aimlessly, it begins to take a toll on our self-image and self-esteem. People who are aimless will sit back and start to get really depressed. They wonder where it all went wrong for them. And many times they'll start creating unhelpful stories because they compare themselves to the people that they see on Instagram who are lit up, who are going to work every day at a job that they love. And they got the house and the 2.5 kids and the white picket fence. And they're wondering, well, why can't I create that? Then they tend to fall into stories that say, well, maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I just don't have my life together. I'm, a, I'm on the hot mess express, Dan. But that's not really the case. And this is what I hope you understand here in this module, that aimless is not a personality de defect. It's not that the people who are aimless were born with different genes than the, than the people who are living their purpose and thriving in it. Being aimless is essentially a trauma response. So what we're gonna talk about now is the hidden traumas of the aimless people. These are a few of the contributing factors. Now, you know, when you work with me one-on-one -on -one or you do some of my, um, you know, some of my more extended group coaching programs, we take a deeper dive into this topic. And what I'm doing here for purposes of this, because this really is a course about purpose, I'm just gonna give you some top level highlights. People who are aimless, in many instances, grew up in a home where there was no space for their own needs. If you are aimless, could it be true that you grew up having to be the responsible one in your family? Perhaps you were the parent to your parents or your parents were both just working themselves into the ground. They weren't really home. So you were the one that had to raise your siblings right? A lot of times putting your needs on the back burner was actually a link to safety and survival, uh, that you learn that that's the way to get love, that's the way to get praise, and that's the way to feel a sense of control. And the unfortunate part about this, although the people who are aimless can be very resourceful and very skilled at getting by and taking care of others, they never really took the time at an early age to explore themselves or their own interest. They didn't really pursue those passions and hobbies that light them up. Also with the aimless, their caregivers in childhood were not consistently attuned to their needs. It may have very well been that you grew up with emotionally thirsty parents. They looked to you to help them feel safe. You know, uh, many times uh, people who are aimless grew up in a home where the parents were very obsessed with image, that there was a lot of pressure to be a good boy or a good girl. And the result is you start to shape shift. You begin to become what mom and dad wanted in order to get love. Now, on the flip side of that, sometimes you had a completely emotionally unavailable parent. They were always working. They were never home. You had to entertain yourself. You had to raise yourself. And life for you became just about base level survival. It became about meeting your most basic needs. And the problem is, is when you are in a survival mentality, it becomes more difficult to thrive. Another key, uh, a key element if we look at the childhood programming of the people who are aimless, is that survival and or sacrifice was modeled by their parents, who usually weren't living their purpose either. I think of one of my clients who came to me back in 2019. You know, she grew up in a home with a mom who was always sacrificing. She put her life, her dreams, her goals on hold in order to be a housewife and to support her husband. And the, the, the underlying belief in that home is that men have all the power, you know, that the way that you stay safe and stay supported is just to diminish yourself and hope that a man takes care of you. And for my client, because that was modeled by her mother, she was creating that in her adult relationships. She didn't really have any goals of her own. And in fact, what she was doing was just latching onto the dreams and goals of her boyfriend at the time. She was supporting him 
to live his dreams because she had no idea uh, and never really had it modeled uh, that, that she could have her own ambition and her own goals in life. So we want to start to see if you're aimless, what was modeled for you by your caregivers growing up? What was the, what was the example that was set for you? And a lot of times for people who were aimless at an early age, their childhood hopes and dreams were either dismissed, mocked, or ridiculed. So many people come to me who are highly creative, but they grew up in a home where they were told that their creative ambitions, they could never earn a living doing that. It wasn't monetizable. They were told that they needed to grow up or to quote air quotes here, be realistic. So what happens is they start to extinguish that fire within themselves, right? You know, they, they, they believe that their desires or wanting more for their life is wrong, it's unrealistic, and sometimes they were shamed for wanting too much. So this is the hidden plight of the aimless person. And what they do many times is they just live life by committee and they're drifting from job to job, but they don't really have that connection to their true north. And if any of this relates for you, I promise as we get into modules two and three, you're gonna create that connection back to your own internal GPS to get you moving in the right direction. Now, some people did not grow up in a home where it, things were about base level survival. Uh, some people grew up in a home where they followed what I call the validation path. So I want to introduce you to the second archetype here, which is the achiever. Maybe this is you. And I know a lot of this, I can relate very much to this archetype. The achiever is usually hyper-focused on one area of their life. It's typically their career. And sometimes they can get so focused on this area that they notice the other parts of their life begin to suffer. They're not really taking care of their health. They're letting that go. Their relationships start to suffer, but boy, they are crushing it at work. They're earning the money. They have the success. And why is that so important to them? We'll explain in a minute. People who are achievers, they are on the go. They love themselves a checklist. And many times, the achiever, even though that they're making all this great progress in their life and career, they don't really feel satisfied. Many times they delay their happiness into the future, and they believe that happiness will come when they get the next big thing. It might be the next promotion. It might be the next pay raise. Sometimes they think happiness will be when they get the next relationship. But what it creates is a mentality where they're rarely engaged in the here and now. They're always looking into the future. And that outer success that they're chasing so much is really just to compensate, is a way to compensate for their inner pain. Because the success isn't about being aligned with their purpose or their highest vision for their life. Success isn't a reflection of them using their gifts to serve others as much as it is about filling an internal void. It's about trying to prove themselves. In fact, that energy of success very rarely is an energy of excitement. It might be when they reach that next career milestone or when they get into the next tax bracket. They feel good for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, but eventually they find themselves back in an anxious energy of striving proving themselves and having to feel like they're enough. And the problem for the person who is the achiever is once you climb every ladder of success and it's not the thing that you wanted, you can start to revert back to being aimless because you've run out of ideas. You got all the things that you thought that you wanted in your life. You got the house, you got the relationship, you have the family, you have a comfortable living but you also wonder, why am I so unhappy? And, you know, I, I think of the article I read recently. It was just a, it, on the day that I'm recording this. It's just past the one-year anniversary of the death of Tony Shea. He was the founder of Zappos.com. This man, along with Jeff Bezos, pioneered online shopping and online retailing as we know it. This is the man that created that, you know, no questions asked 
return policy that's pretty much become the baseline for most online retailers. And he was a man who was so focused on building success. And, and, and he also had the elements of the aimless person at the same time, because his company model was built on building success for his employees, making his employees happy, making customers happy. And this is a man who earned more money in a lifetime than most people will ever see. And his life ended tragically and very sadly and very much alone. So we want to look here for the person who is an obsessive achiever. What is their hidden trauma that creates these patterns? Well, a lot of times their caregivers were emotionally rigid and love in their home was based on doing and not being. If you were just being an emotional child, if you were sad, if you were unhappy, a lot of times you were told, shut up go to your room, you were sent away, you told, you know, stop being a little baby. But when you were achieving in school, when you were achieving in athletics or in arts or student government or whatever your vehicle was, that was the way that you got the attaboy or the girl. And what happens for the achiever is they build a task-based identity. Their life becomes about what they're doing because they don't know who they are. And they continue to chase that success out of a need to be perfect. What they're really doing is seeking the validation that they never really received in childhood. For the achiever, the only way they know to feel seen, heard, or valued in the world is through their achievements. So it creates an endless chase. And this is the thing about goal setting. You know, as a coach, I'm not so much interested in what people, in what my clients want to accomplish. Of course, I'm interested in you reaching your dreams, but I'm more interested in why you want it. We're going to talk about finding your why coming up a little bit later here in the program. But the energy that you start with at the beginning of any new pursuit or new endeavor is the energy that you're going to finish with. And if the energy that you're bringing into your career climb or into seeking the next relationship or finding your soulmate is, I'm not enough, I'm unworthy, and I need this thing outside of me to make me feel enough, eventually you'll fight and scrape and claw and you will get there and you'll reach the goal, but then you're still in the same energy. Man, I'm not enough. And now I just need this next thing to fill the void. It's an endless chase. It creates a nonstop run on the hamster wheel and it will end in in emotional collapse. And the thing is with the achiever, many times they're terrified of letting other people down. They don't wanna be perceived as a failure. This can show up in our career, this can show up in our relationships and it will create a huge block around forging a new path that's aligned with your purpose. If you believe that you have to get it right on the first try or that you can't have any setbacks or that the the slightest sign of a setback will be perceived as failure, you're never going to allow yourself to take the risk to live your purpose. One other thing I want to address here with the achiever is many times success can be used to avoid difficult emotions or emotional conflict. This is where we find a lot of workaholics live, is in this achiever archetype. But why is that? Well, emotional intimacy can seem threatening because emotional intimacy for them in childhood was based on judgment and not feeling enough. So rather than ever speak up for their needs or let a partner down or engage in conflict, well, the place that they know that they're safe is when they're working and achieving. So workaholism, like any addiction, can be an excuse not to feel. And that in and of itself is a huge pitfall when we get into identifying and living your purpose. Feeling your emotions is going to be a big part of that. We'll explain why coming up in module two. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about my story and how these archetypes affected me in my childhood. A, it might give you a better perspective and you might see yourself reflected in elements of the story that I'm sharing, 
But I also want you to know, for those of you who are parents, that a lot of times we take these archetypes of being aimless or being an overachiever and we pass it on to our children. In my life, I grew up in a home with a mother who was aimless. You know, my mom had to drop out of school after ninth grade in order to take care of her eight siblings in her family. So my mom never really had the education or never had the chance to go learn and explore herself to ever create an aligned career path. But what she did do was marry a man who was highly driven. And even though my dad had nothing, he was making barely above minimum wage when my parents got married, my dad was a striver and a worker and an achiever and climbed his way all the way up to the top of the corporate ladder. He was CEO of a pretty big major broadcasting corporation at one point in his life. Now, that comes with a price. When we talk about the achievers being focused on one area of their life, my dad was traveling. My dad was very consumed with work. He was a tremendous provider. Our family, once my dad started to do well, didn't really want for anything. But my dad wasn't emotionally present with my mom. And the more that my father climbed up the ladder of success, the more he worked, the more my mom felt neglected. And eventually she checked out from being president of dad's fan club. And her emotional withdrawal and her resentment only seemed to further fuel my father to go seek success out there and get validation, whether it be through corporate, through his bosses, through the people who worked for him. And here's what happened in that moment for me as a child. My mom, because she didn't really have that connection to a masculine energy partner, started looking to me as her oldest son at age 11 to make her feel safe. My mom started dumping a lot of her marital issues on me, telling me things I shouldn't have known about. My mom looked for me to sort of hold space for her, to listen about her day. But that's the exact reversal of what a normal, healthy child relationship should be. Nobody was checking in with me to ask how I was feeling, how I was doing. And we were going through a big life transition when I was 11 and 12 years old. I was hitting puberty. I was in my awkward years. I was getting bullied a lot at school. And there was no space for me to even process those emotions because my primary responsibility each day became how do I make sure mom isn't going off the ledge? Her mental health really started to deteriorate at this point. And the result for me at an early point in my childhood was anxiety and depression. I started experiencing those symptoms at age 12. And eventually as my mom became more and more upset, well, the amount of abuse kicked up in our house. There was a lot of verbal abuse. There was a lot of emotional neglect. And eventually my mom became unhinged and there was more physical abuse. She didn't even know how to meet her own needs. So she certainly couldn't show up for the children in her house. She just didn't know how to. So for me, again, at an early age, the way that I knew to be safe was to put myself on the back burner to take care of mom. And when that became too overwhelming, then I started following in my dad's footsteps. When I was 14 years old, I started interning at radio stations, getting up at 5.30 in the morning on my summer vacations so that I could go to work with dad every day. And when I was old enough to work, I got my first on-air job in my radio career at age 16 at a tiny little AM station in suburban Maryland. And as I got that job and I was doing well, that was when people started to praise me. I got the attaboy. People started checking in with me, not about my emotional state, but to praise me for what I was doing. So in that moment, work became my vehicle for two things. Number one, to get praise, to be loved, to get a pat on the back, but also to achieve safety from removing myself from a home that felt very unsafe and dangerous in my relationship with my mom. And I carried that pattern of work being the vehicle to make me safe all through adulthood. I climbed the ladder 
I got the next promotion. I got to a bigger city. I managed bigger radio stations. And all during that time, I built a tremendous amount of success. I was making six figures by age 24. I bought a condo. I was driving a Lexus by age 25. And yet the internal void within me never went away. And this is the difference between success and being successful. There's a certain science to being successful. If you work hard, if you know your goals, set financial goals, if you create an action plan to achieve it, you can get whatever you want in life. But we have to look, are the things you're getting, are you fulfilled by it? Because that is successful. Full. Like I'm so filled up by the work that I'm doing and my contribution to the world that I emotionally feel great every day. That was not my experience and all the seeds of that chasing and the striving and the workaholism that eventually led to my emotional collapse uh, were planted not in corporate America. They were planted in childhood. Now, why do I share this story with you? It's not because I'd love to sit here and talk about myself in front of a captive audience. This is important for you because until you start to bring conscious awareness to the subconscious patterns that you're operating in every day by default, you're going to continue to engage in low-level coping behavior that's going to protect you from emotional vulnerability. You see, I used to teach these courses as workshops where we would dive right in and I would teach you how to create a purpose statement. But what I found out was, is even when people knew their purpose, they weren't taking action to bring it to life. We would create an action plan and goals. And I would ask people, hey, did you do the thing that we talked about last week? And they say, well, no, because what happened was, is they didn't feel safe to actually go after those goals. You know, for the person who was aimless, they were putting everyone else in their life first. They were so busy taking care of everyone else, they weren't creating time for themselves. For the achievers, they were so terrified about not having the image of success if their new venture didn't go perfectly, that they just tossed aside the dream in the first place. So what we want to start to identify is, A, what archetype do you relate to? Are you an are you a aimless person? Are you a, are you an achiever? Maybe a hybrid of both. But what are the low level coping mechanisms that have resulted from operating this way? So we talk about these protection patterns. Now, a lot of times in the self help world, you'll hear gurus talk about this as self sabotage. That is total BS. You have never gotten out of bed in the morning yawned and stretched and dug into your phone and said, gee, well, how can I screw up and sabotage my goals today? Nobody's ever done that. But if there's a subconscious part of you that is living on autopilot, that believes it's unsafe to have the things that you want, you will fall into self-protection. So let's talk about the top 10 protection patterns that will sabotage your purpose and keep you stuck. The first two are almost soulmates, procrastination and perfectionism. How many times have you kicked the, the can down the road that you want to start a business, that you want to write a book, that you, you, know, you want to go back to school and maybe learn a new skill, but you just haven't done it, right? Well, this is what happens. A lot of times, you know, procrastination will kick the can down the road thinking that we're going to find the perfect plan that will keep us from having any setbacks or failure, but there is no perfect plan for anything. And in that strive for perfection, we can continue to delay. So we go from procrastination into perfectionism. It creates a crazy eight loop that keeps us in indecision and in action. Let's talk about putting yourself last. This is a big one, especially for my aimless friends out there. You know, you might have grown up in a home where sacrifice was modeled for you. You might have grown up in a home where literally you had to take care of everybody else. And you believe that the only real value that you have in the world is being a caretaker to everybody else in their dreams, except your own. 
it served a purpose for you in childhood. You probably got praised. You probably felt a sense of significance. But how is that pattern keeping you stuck today? You might even notice it's causing some resentment in your relationships when you feel like you chronically have to take care of everybody else. In fact, you're probably not so good at letting people show up to take care of you. Confusion is another pattern that sabotages people's purpose. And here's the thing. Nobody is really confused about the path that they would follow. Think of it this way. If you won Powerball next week and you had $500 million show up in your bank account and money was never an issue for you ever again, do you not know exactly what you would do for purposeful and meaningful work? The challenge is, is you don't think it's possible for you right now, right? You don't know how to bring it to life. You don't know how to do it in a way uh, that won't include too much financial risk for you. And if you don't know how to create the thing that you want, many times the way that we keep ourselves safe is we never even have, we never allow ourselves to own the desire and create the clarity in the first place. Confusion protects us, again, from risk, emotional vulnerability, but over time, it's also going to extinguish that light within yourself. It's going to extinguish your passion to even show up in the world. Let's talk about another protection pattern, right? Not asking for or receiving help. You know, there's a lot of you out there who are trying to isolate and just do everything by yourself. In fact, could it be possible that your inner monologue in many situations, both in your current career, within your family, in your relationships, is effort? I'll do it myself. And a lot of times that's because you grew up in a home where people were emotionally cold and emotionally unavailable for you. You learned how to take care of yourself, which good for you. You're a very independent person. But the challenge is when we talk about cultivating your purpose statement and creating this new life path, nobody creates their next level by themselves. Every successful person has had a mentor along the way. Oprah was mentored by Maya Angelou. Uh, people like Mark Zuckerberg, mentored by Steve Jobs. Bill Gates was mentored by Warren Buffett. And the same is true for you. You need a mentor. You need a support system around you that's going to help you get to your next level, and you need to be able to feel safe to receive that. Let's talk about blaming other people. This is another great pattern that keeps you stuck. You know, let's be honest. Have you ever said, hey, my career would be great if I didn't have such a jerk of a boss? Have you ever said, man, I would be happier in my job if these people just recognize my value and they paid me more? And of course, blame comes up all the time in our uh, romantic relationships also. So the problem is with blame is it creates these patterns of wanting to control other people, right? We're always trying to artificially manipulate or control the external situations in our life. And it takes our focus away from the only thing that is truly in our control, which is how we show up the action that we're taking, the life that you create in the coming year is all going to be based on the action you're taking, not how other people change. Doubting yourself or your intuition, this is especially a big one uh, for those of you who are living life by committee. Shout out to my aimless people. You know, there's a lot of times that there's that internal call that's told you to do something completely crazy. For me, you know, when I was still making six figures working in the radio industry, the thought of starting a coaching business, even though that intuitively is what I felt led to do, it made no sense to me. I was like, who am I to coach other people when I haven't even figured out my life yet? So I ended up staying in that career years longer than I should have until the point where my health started to deteriorate. But here's the thing that you need to remember about your intuition. It's the way that the divine speaks to you. Your intuition isn't some crazy woo-woo thing. That's literally the way that God or the universe communicates to you. 
And a lot of times when we have an experience and we grew up with a lot of traumatic experiences, we start to doubt our intuition. We actually believe the voice of fear telling us to stay stuck. We think that that's our intuition. So how do you tell the difference? Your intuition is always that wisdom inside you that's calling you to grow. Your intuition is never telling you to stay stuck where you're at. It always wants you to expand, to grow. We live in a universe that the scientists have told us, you know, people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, has said the universe is ever expanding. It's always growing. Therefore, we need to be growing as well. And when you're feeling a huge amount of anxiety or fear or a, 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 an impulse to go backwards, to hide, to play small, that's actually fear. That's not your intuition. A couple more protection patterns that show up. Uh, catastrophizing your life, always creating the worst possible scenario. There's people who are like, Dan, I can't possibly leave this soul-sucking job that is killing my health and robbing me of my happiness. I could never go do work I love because if I do that, uh, the money's not going to come through. What if it doesn't work out? I'm going to get fired. And then if I get fired, I'm going to lose my family. And then I'm going to lose my home and I'm going to die homeless and penniless behind a Walmart dumpster. We tend to jump toward the worst possible scenarios. In a way, it protects us, right? If we're always looking for the threat, if we're just sort of living in that nervous system response, we don't ever have to take an emotional risk to become more and to become the greatest version of ourselves. Addiction is another pattern that will keep people stuck. We talked briefly about workaholism, but it doesn't matter whether it's work, drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, shopping. Every addiction is rooted in the same place. It's a desire not to feel. And eventually, as we start to have a calling to move forward, to grow in our life, and we don't obey it, you know, that, that creates a lot of tension. It creates a lot of fear. And we look for ways to numb out for, for it. And this is where we can fall into unhealthy addictive patterns. And finally, toxic relationships are another protection pattern that keep us from moving forward in our purpose. Because if you're constantly focused on the person who's toxic in your life, sometimes, it, it, usually this is about a romantic partner, but many times this can be family, this can be parents, this can be siblings, well, we can divert all our attention there and trying to make that person change. And we don't have to take any responsibility for ourselves. So as you're thinking about this, and as you get into your transformational workbook, I want you to start to identify what are the three patterns that you fall into the most and how have those met a need for you up until now? You know, they have kept you safe. But what is the cost if you don't move beyond these patterns? Because here's two important coaching points. Identifying and healing this, these childhood attachment wounds that we've laid out here in module one are a key component of bringing your purpose to life. But you don't heal those wounds intellectually. This is why so many people will lay on the therapist's couch for four or five years and they will talk through and you intellectually understand why you do the things that you do, but nothing changes because we heal these patterns experientially, meaning that we have to take contrasting action to the old protection pattern in order to move beyond them and bring our purpose to life. If your old pattern was to collapse on yourself, and just play small and settle for less than you deserve, then this course for you is about expanding your vision and really allowing yourself to dream big. If perfectionism is the, is the pattern that's held you back, then, and I get this, by the way, it's something that's even kept me from turning this into a digital course up until now. I'm like, oh, I got to hire like, a seven camera crew and shoot this professionally as if somehow this information will be more powerful if it's shot on like $20,000 cameras as opposed to my laptop. I fall into it too. But the place that I operate from to keep myself moving forward is that 75% done is good enough, right? 
this course, as it's recorded right now, I know is going to change people's lives. But this is me moving beyond my perfectionism patterns and moving beyond that fear of rejection or the punishment that would come if I didn't get it right or if I didn't get the good grades. So this is what we have to do in your life, right? The transformation will be in the implementation, not in the intellectual understanding. Because once we get out of these survival loops and the validation loop of being the, uh, of being the aimless or being the achiever, you can get on the amplified path, which is the authentic path meaning that you are fully connected to yourself, your gifts, your purpose, and connected in a way that serves something bigger than you. I want to talk to you today about where we're really looking to bridge the gap to move you forward in this course. It's by becoming an author. When you are an author, you embrace being the deliberate architect of your story. You are taking 100% responsibility for your life from here on out. People who are authors believe in, in winning in their career and life, but they don't have to do it at the expense of each other. They're in an abundance mindset. They don't believe that their success is going to diminish anybody else or take away from anyone else. They don't believe that serving others and living their purpose is going to lead to some sort of bankruptcy. They also have incredibly strong boundaries. They can set boundaries with any person, soul-sucking job, or even a negative thought pattern that doesn't contribute to their overall well-being. And as a result of that, they show up as the most vibrant, lit-up version of themselves at work and at home, right? The success in one area of life tends to feed the other. When you feel awesome about the work that you're doing, do you not come home a little bit more energized with a pep in your step? And when you feel great about your relationships at home and you're fully present, does that not give you a little more boost and energy to show up for your work the next day? That is my intention for you at the end of these modules and at the end of this course. Now, people who are authors, it doesn't mean that they had a perfect childhood. I know many, trust me, I have you know, bridged that gap from being the achiever who reverted back to being aimless, being the author of my life. And trust me, I had a very challenging childhood, but here's what changed. I made my personal growth a priority. Over the course of the last six years of my life and into the future, I seek out mentors who have created the results that I want to accomplish. I also stay connected to like-minded people who value the things that I value. I keep that support system in place. I don't hang out with the people anymore uh, that, that are numbing out and staying at the club and at the bar till one in the morning, right? I tend to hang out more at yoga studios and personal development retreats, and I stay in committed, consistent action with goals that help me come alive and live my purpose. And this is the same for anybody who is an author. Also, people who are authors, they don't wait for clarity to sort of just show up in an Amazon package at their door. There's a lot of people who aren't really, you know, they're living in the passenger seat of life. They're just waiting for someone or something outside of themselves to give them the answers. I will tell you people who are authors, seek out clarity. They set an intention to seek clarity in the five key areas of high performance. Now, two of these are what we're really focusing on in this program, right? I can't get into all five of these with you uh, in the course of these six modules, but you're going to leave really, really clear in the first two areas. Number one, you need to have clarity on who you are. Most of us know what we do, we don't know who we are. We put ourselves in one-dimensional uh, boxes. Like, well, I'm a parent. I'm a spouse. I'm a lawyer. I'm a life coach, Dan. I'm an accountant. But we really want to get clear on who are you beyond that? What are the intrinsic qualities about you that are special, that really make you tick? What are the things about you uh, that are unique that you could share with the world? Because once we know who you are, we want to get into clarity of purpose which is what problems am I here to solve? Who am I here to serve? 
what's going to make all of this in my life have more meaning so that I'm truly living and not existing? And the other three areas, clarity of skill. You know, if you're a person who wants to pivot in your career, if you want to start a business, write a book, there are places in your life where you're going to have to build a new skill set. You're going to have to skill up. Coaching for me when I started this business in 2015 was pretty easy. I was great. I mean, from an early age in my life, I was always the Dr. Phil of my social group with my friends. But what I had to learn was online marketing. I had to learn how do I attract clients? How do I promote myself? How do I advertise my services? How do I manage a website? I had never done any of those things before, but those were the places I had to skill up to get to where I am now, where I'm actually out earning uh, that six-figure corporate career, but doing work that's aligned with who I am at this stage in my life. Two other areas where, we're where we really want to seek clarity when you're an author, clarity of your relationships. How do you want to show up in your relationships? A lot of times we treat our significant other the same way that we would like an employee at work. And you might have realized that isn't a great approach. If you're treating your children like they work for you rather than <laughs> they're your kids, you might notice you're really struggling in those relationships. But each area of relationships in your life are going to require a different version of you. You need clarity on that. And ultimately, you know, clarity of your blind spots, meaning we want to illuminate the subconscious patterns that are running your life. And that's so much about what this first module is and what we're going to be doing in the workbook moving forward. Because the only thing that separates the people who are trapped in a life of survival or validation versus those who deliberately create lives with more meaning and fulfillment is that the author's know their purpose, and build all parts of their life around it. That's what we're going to get into coming up in module two. But I also just want to give you some of the research and the science that shows how discovering your purpose is going to improve all areas of your life. It actually improves brain functioning. They've done studies with older Americans after retirement. The people who still have a sense of purpose after retirement have a significantly reduced uh, incidence of Alzheimer's disease or dementia. There's also lower cholesterol and lower risk of a cardiac event when you're connected to your purpose. Probably not too surprising that your life is a little less stressful when you're moving from your purpose. Better quality of sleep. It also improves resilience and heals trauma. This is such a big part, and, and we'll get into this a little bit later in the course, but one of the greatest benefits of knowing your purpose is it helps you contextualize and find meaning in some of the really unfortunate things that happen in life. Now, the purpose of my life is to love all parts of myself and my higher power and feel the expansion that results from helping my clients do the same. That's really, that's the purpose of my life. Now, the vehicle through which I bring that to life is through my coaching practice, through the Life Amplified podcast, through 40 some odd TV appearances that I've done over the last, uh, last year as an expert guest. Um, that's the vehicle through which I bring that to life. But if the purpose of my life has been to learn to love all parts of myself, then it stands to reason I would have some experiences early in life where I had to know self-loathing, right? If the purpose of my life is to love myself and to teach others how to do it, then that's a journey that I needed to go on. And I can look at the past and look at some of the situations and past pain of family and relationships and romance and have an understanding on why those were necessary for me to evolve deeper into my purpose. And once you create your purpose statement, we'll be able to talk about that same conversation. More financial abundance shows up when you're moving from your purpose. You know, we'll get into three big mindset shifts in module two, and one of them is going to be around money. But rest assured, when you are using your energy, your gifts, your talents in service of other people to help them solve problems, they're going to uh, compensate you handsomely for that. 
You also tend to have healthy love, romance, and passion when you move from your purpose. You know, this purpose statement isn't just something that you should use to create an aligned career. This purpose statement is something that should infuse all of your romantic relationships. You know, if you're bringing your purpose every day into your relationship, that's going to, you know, take you from living like roommates to create all new levels of intimacy. And you get to set an example for your kids to live purposefully. You know, it's been said that the greatest burden for a child to bear is the unlived dream of a parent. You know, think about this. Are you a person who has been hiding behind your kids as to why you're not showing up? Hey, I can't do that. You know, I got to take care of my kids. I can't follow my dreams. What happens one day when your kid is going after, you know, when your kid talks about their dreams that they want to go after? Are you going to be like, oh, you know, your mom, your dad, I had a dream once too. And they say, well, what happened? Why didn't you pursue it? And you look at them and go, well, you for starters, (laughs) that's a great way to ensure that I have future generations of clients for the rest of my life, right? But But you really do become a model for your children of what's possible when you move from your purpose. And according to the research, people with a sense of purpose it adds up to seven years to your lifespan. So this is not just a conceptual thing that's, you know, it's not some conceptual woo-woo thing. There are tangible benefits to your life. And coming up in module two, we're going to address the three biggest mindset shifts to help you move from procrastination to purpose. We're also going to define what purpose is and what purpose definitely is not. There's a lot of misconceptions on what purpose is. And once you know what purpose is, we're going to give you an experiential exercise to help you unlock your purpose. So where is your life reflected back to you in module number one? Are you a person who has been aimlessly wandering? Are you the high achiever who has outer success, but you're trying to compensate for a lot of the inner pain? And what are the steps that you need to do to move from being aimless or an achiever to an author. Well, you might not know that path because you haven't walked it yet, but I would love to offer you the opportunity for us to work together virtually over the course of the next week so that you can truly identify your purpose and thrive in it. If you go to creativesoulcoaching.net, you can click the link and purchase the Move From Your Purpose digital course in its entirety. Here's some of the other things that we cover. In module two, we start to identify what is the hidden force within you that is going to unlock your purpose. Plus, I take you through the same experiential exercise that I've done in so many of my live group coaching programs that is going to help you get 100% crystal clear on your life's purpose. In fact, you're even going to walk away from that module with your own purpose statement for your life. In module three, we begin to illuminate the subconscious ways that you're giving your power away to other people. You can't thrive in your purpose unless you're connected to yourself first and foremost. Why don't we do that? You'll understand in module three. And I'm going to teach you how to unlock a why that will keep you consistent with your purpose. In module four, you'll learn how to create 2022 goals that align with your purpose. And this is not just about your career. We're going to look at that holistically so that every area of your life improves. In module five, you'll learn how to turn your purpose into a profitable second act in your career. And we wrap it up in module six by giving you a roadmap to stay consistently aligned so that you never fall off track for too long so proud of this course and it really represents the over 10,000 client hours that I put in with people across 18 countries to help them really create an aligned and authentic next level of greatness and for the month of December when you go to my website you can buy the digital course for 50% off and I am so certain that you are going to love what you get in this program that you can try it for three days And if what I'm teaching doesn't resonate for you, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. So the details on that are at my website right now, creativesoulcoaching.net. I hope that the lessons here in module one unlock some new ahas and breakthroughs for you. 
and I'm sending you so much love this holiday season. Thank you for being here as part of my community, both with the podcast and online. If you'd like to give me a follow on the socials, let's connect at CSC Dan Mason on Instagram. Would love for you to slide into my DMs. Let me know what did you walk away with? What was the value or the insight that you gained? from listening to module number one. You can also find me on Facebook. Uh, We got the link for that in the show notes. And of course, you can always get info on my one-on-one coaching programs. If this is a journey where you'd like some accountability for us to walk that path together, I do have some spaces open. You can get more info, creativesoulcoaching.net. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live Life Amplified. I'll talk to you next week.